So if you ask the question, what am I, sincerely, and you drop analytical mind and you stop, you know, speculating and thinking about things you heard before, uh, then sooner or later you will come to this uncomfortable place for many people, which is you won't know. You completely don't know. The other way to call this don't know is your inherent wisdom. Everybody has inherent wisdom according to Buddhism. Uh, You cannot actually lose your Buddha nature, no matter how much you think, whatever you do. You will always have it. The only problem is we don't have access to it all the time. Andrzej Stets, Jida Popsanim, met Zen master Sungsan at a Dharma talk at Gdansk Polytechnic University in 1981, where Andrzej was working on his Masters of Architecture. He began formal practice in 1983, became a monk, and trained in Korea for 13 years. He received Inca, or permission to teach, from Zen master Sungsan in 1998, and has been teaching in Europe, Asia, and the United States ever since. Anjay has led several 90-day retreats and served as abbot of the Quantum School of Poland and several Zen centers worldwide. He was the second guiding teacher at Subang Zen Monastery in Hong Kong from 2009 to 2016. Today, Anjay lives in Korea and is the co-guiding teacher of the Quantum Soul Zen Group and the Quantum Dejan Zen Group. You are listening to Sit, Breathe, Bow, a podcast for practitioners. Each week, leading Buddhist teachers share life experiences and insights to help guide your meditation practice, as well as your life off the cushion. I'm your host, Ian White-Marr. This podcast is sponsored by the Quantum Online Sangha, a virtual Zen practice community of the International Quantum School of Zen. Members of the Online Sangha meditate together, study with teachers, and participate in workshops and courses to develop their practice. We have launched a study group for people interested in gaining a deeper understanding of the sutras and scriptures most important to the Zen tradition, and listeners of Sit, Breathe, Bow are able to try a month for only $7 by using the promo code SBB when you sign up. To find out more, visit quantumzenonline.org studygroup. So Anjay, I was reading an article that you wrote, and a student asked you about a word that he or she had been struggling with, and that word was success. And your first response was, what do you want? And just in my mind, I, I, you know, I answered the question, which was to help other people. That was what my, I was like, oh, my answer is help other people. And then I realized, uh, well, I'm already helping other people and I feel like I don't have what I want. So I don't, I guess I don't, that's not the right answer. And I'm wondering how, you know, you have people who come to you and they say these things and how you help them sort of suss out, you know, what it is that they want or what they're trying to get or how they, you know, how they can, enter into a life that's worth living. First of all, uh, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I'm really happy to be here. 
So yeah, so the, we I ask this question a lot to people: What do you want? And many people don't have an answer right away. So through the practice, you know, if they will address first the more important question: What am I? Slowly, they will start discovering, you know, who they really are. So in Buddhist, we always talk about three bodies. You know, there's a Dharma body. There's our, uh, you know, absolute body. And, but we also have two other bodies. Uh, this is form body and it's a karma body. So actually, uh, when you start practicing, the goal is to attain our Dharma body. But in the process of practicing, you will have lots of insights about your form body uh, also your karma body now then you will st start uh discovering what you are good at and what you have to improve or what you have to stop doing and this way you will become more uh successful in whatever you do that feels like just such a big question there's a little bit of frustration I feel when, you know, I, I want to figure out what I want now. And, you know, the, the response is, well, you figure out what, you know, what am I? Just, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I may never figure that out. Do you know what I mean? So if you ask the question, what am I, sincerely, and you drop analytical mind and you stop you know, speculating and thinking about things you heard before, uh, then sooner or later you will come to this uncomfortable place for many people, which is you won't know. You completely don't know. So the point is, if you pr practice with this question, this question will help you, first of all, become more comfortable with not knowing, with don't know, right? And then if you become familiar with this don't know, then you will start seeing actually it works to your advantage. Actually, you can keep this don't know mind and you can start using it. And the other way to call this don't know is your inherent wisdom. Everybody has inherent wisdom, according to Buddhism. Uh, you cannot actually lose your Buddha nature, no matter how much you think, whatever you do. You will always have it. The only problem is we don't have access to it all the time. So the point is, uh, using this question as a tool to get you back to that point before thinking, don't know, when you become very clear. And then, then you start seeing clearly, hearing clearly. So that's the, actually the point of asking this question. It just bring you back to clarity. Because the other way to call don't know mind is clear mind. So that's, that's only a different name. But the point is, in Zen practice, if you attain this clarity, actually you attain your true self. Because you are don't know. So that's like, uh, you can always use this technique. And of course, it has to be a sincere question, not mechanical question. If you sincerely ask 
what am I? And then you will have a very strong experience of don't know, which means wake up, you start seeing better, hearing better, because this don't know will completely stop your thinking. Genuine question will make a strong don't know, and strong don't know will stop all your thinking. So then you start seeing, hearing, just like Buddha, you know, which means uh, Buddha is always abiding in this uh, clarity, you know, just seeing, just hearing. That's a Buddha nature. This leads me to, you know, I was reading your Inca speech, which you you may not remember what you said at yeah, all. Yeah, it was like twenty years ago. <laughs> yes, but um, there was this great. There was a passage in in your speech that I just wanted to read back to you. Uh, because I was really struck by it. Uh, and what you said was, when I look back at why I was told to drink Joju's tea so many times, it's only because I wasn't always sincere during my interviews. Do stories like Hyungam's Up a Tree have something to do with my life? That kind of checking mind is the very dead word itself. Good or bad answers don't matter. What matters is an experience that can be used in our everyday life. And, I mean, there were a couple of things that really stood out to me. One was this idea of you probably thought you were very sincere when you were doing your interviews. These are Kungan interviews, essentially. Right. right? And or koan interviews for people who know it that way, and but then, but f- later you realized, even though you thought you were being sincere, that was you weren't actually all the way there. And then, what I also liked about this passage was the idea of seeing through the koan to have an experience that can later be translated. And first, I'd like to explore that sincerity part. Because I just think that would be really helpful for me and I and for other people as well to to know what you really meant when you you say that you weren't all you, you know I'm assuming you thought you were being sincere. Well, yeah, I don't remember this passage, but definitely <laughs> I re- I remember. You know, our school is using Kongan system and. Well, after becoming a teacher and, and using this Kongan system to, to help many people, students coming to interview room, I more and more, every day actually when I do that, I more and more appreciate uh, Sung San Zen Master method of teaching. And I just, I, I think it's, it's I, I consider him a, a very wise person, a, a, I would say even a genius, because not only he definitely has a deep experience, but he very well organized his teaching. Well, like with every method, you know, uh, a method itself will not help you, you know, how you apply this method. So... Uh, when you start practicing, you know, and for some people, Kongan is, is, a, is a very big burden. They don't like it. They just like prefer to sit and listen to Dharma talks. You know, as I said before, people don't like, don't know. So going to interview room, the most people are just having, you know, 
a habit of approaching it like they're going to school and they're having an exam. You pass, great, you fail, not so good. And <laughs> then you start checking with yourself. You see somebody coming from interview room, beaming with joy, and they, they pass the gate and then say, why Johnny passed the gate? Why, why cannot? And sometimes uh, over the time, like with every technique, you, you will reach the plateau, right? Like, uh, let's say in the beginning, because it's, you, you're keeping the sincere mind in the beginning because you don't know what this is all about. So that's sincerity right there. Well, whenever you have, you're starting something new, you are sincere. Like, you know, you're learning to drive the car for the first time. You do pay attention because it's something new, right? Uh, and then you cannot think about anything else, right? When, when, you, when you are learning how to park your car backwards, you know, uh, then you cannot think, you cannot listen to radio in your car. You, you, your whole uh, being is paying attention to, the, to learning a new skill. That's a beginner's mind. But over the time, you know, uh, you, you, you master driving and you're driving, you know, to work. And you're parking your car in front of the office, and you don't even remember how you get there. And through the old the time you were driving, you were listening to, to the podcast, right? And you were paying <laughs> attention to the podcast, but, you know, you, you didn't pass on the red light. So this was all automatic. So the, your, your brain will make everything automatic. So, so same, same with the practice. You will become like a little bit automatic. In the middle, in the beginning, you have this beginner's mind, and you pass few congas, and you've got some idea, and then you you eventually you will get stuck on one of those congas, right? And you try, you try, don't know, don't know, don't know, and it just it becoming kind of automatic, you know, uh, procedure. You know, you're sitting retreat, the bell is ringing, so you're going to interview room. Okay, there we go. Okay, you hit the floor. Don't know, you go back and just like, why I do that, right? Mm -hmm. So, so the point is, yeah, sincerity is everything. Sincerity means you you have to keep this beginner's mind. Don't become an expert. So sometimes, you know, most people I know will, will get into this uh, period of time in their practice when they where they don't see any sense of doing kongan practice. Like like you you mentioned this kongan hanging up the tree. Uh, which means, you know, imagine that you're hanging by your teeth, biting the branch of the tree, your hands and your legs are tight. This guy down the tree with the AK-47 pointing at you and asking you, hey, why Bodhidharma came to China? So if you open mouth to say anything, you will die. If you don't say anything, he will pull the trigger and kill you. So that's like no way out situation, right? Whatever you do, you're dead. So, but if you if you start over the time rationalize this whole situation, say so like there's no way I can end up hanging up the tree with the guy pointing a gun at me and asking me about bodhidharma. That's like how this is related to my life. So that's when 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 you lose the sincerity. Of course, what is taking over? is logic right your karma and then you, you start processing this analytical way to find excuse not to try harder so yeah that's 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 happened to me definitely 
And and when I look back, actually, I think uh, it it went away because if you keep trying, 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 one day this whole rational thinking and uh, checking will fall off again, and you will get your you know beginner's mind. So this beginner's mind, you know, appears, disappears. But the most important thing, even you lose your beginner's mind. Don't lose your, uh, you know, persistency in practice. Don't lose your, you know, routine. I would say, even if it's mechanical, you keep going, and 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 slowly, with, with the help of the teachers, actually, uh, but because the skillful teacher can can ignite your interest in Kongan practice, even if you uh, completely got fed up with it. So that's that I was lucky enough that I have a good teachers who really perceived that, and I was keep going, and even I was not happy about the Kongan practice in general. I just kind of get it back, and and actually it really helped my practice Kongan practice uh, later. Yeah, it's kind of funny now. I sort of you know having. I, you know, I'm stuck on a Kongan right now, but uh, I often kind of see the world now almost as a set of Kongans. Yeah. Just looking at behavior around, you know, how is somebody going to answer that situation? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's a Kongan for you right there. You're going to have to figure that one out. Um, And I'm wondering if there's... um. If there's a, a way that when you're working with students that you you help them to see the purpose of them rather than just see them as – you know, I remember saying this once to a teacher where I was like, oh, I'm so tired of these riddles. And the teacher was very quick to be like, it's not a riddle. This is very different than a riddle. Well, you know, Kongan is uh, – originally, it, there was no Kongan in, in Zen. Right. Kongan was invented during Sang Dynasty. Uh, that's that's the, like 12th century. They were still using Kongan. And there's many different... Kongan is just like a tool. And yeah, so, you know, uh, the biggest... Uh, you know, l- let's look at our thinking for, you know, everybody's thinking most of the time with, with language, right? So I'm thinking in Polish, we probably think in English. And of course, those languages have a different structures and sometimes they don't even have uh, words to describe something. So if you don't have a word on uh, describing something, you won't be able to perceive it. So, so let's say, you know, Eskimos have 27 words about white color. But in English, you have only one word, white. So if you look at the snow, you see only white. You don't see those shades of white Eskimos see because they have a words for it. So actually, our, all our thinking is based on, the, on on speech and words, right? So Kongan, if you look at the... So in Zen, we say this is special transmission not depending on speech and words, right? <laughs> so, but why then why we have Kongan, which is actually a story or speech and word? Uh, written in some language and you have to read it 
to know what it's all about. If you don't read it, you cannot understand the conga. So in Zen, we say this is a very strong sickness of human being, this logical thinking with words. So we use the poison to, to, to cure the sickness. So Kongan is designed to actually break your logical thinking. And it's, it's the goal of the Kongan is to bring you back to, to this don't know mind. And it's also a test, but it's not the riddle, it's a test. You can test yourself. Actually, I always talk to the students. It's not the teacher is checking you. You are checking, using a teacher to check yourself how much you can go back to this don't know and this don't, can you keep this don't know and this don't know will uh, be activated so you can give an answer. So two things are always happening with the students. The Kongan, you give, they can get the instant feedback about their practice, what they will perceive if, if they hesitate or this, the thinking jumps in, that means the, the center is not strong, right? So they have to work on the center. And sometimes, you know, they, they will have a very quick response, quick answer, but it's not accurate. They're, they're tripping on the words or they just have some emotional response. That means, actually, the clarity is not there. So Kongans always can give you a feedback like a mirror, how strong is your center and how clear you are. So it's not a riddle. And we always say, actually, believe uh, it or not, actually, don't know is better than answer. Why is that? Because it's, it's always is, uh, teaching you to develop a skill to return to this don't know mind, to the clarity. And this skill is extremely important, actually, nowadays, when, when actually uncertainty is all around us, nobody knows what's going to happen. And uh, you are facing every day, actually, all the time, you're facing lots of congas. Even you go to coffee shop and you look at the menu and you say, like, okay, today I want Americano or Latte. That's a conga. You have to make some decision, right? You have a choice. You have to make decision. So we are faced with lots of decisions all the time. You know, and if we are not clear, we are making wrong decisions. And uh, life is based on making decisions. So uh, Kongan will, even if you don't answer the Kongan during interview time, but you return to this don't know, you get a little stuck. That's, that's a place you have to cultivate. And if you have experience of don't know, most people cannot sustain it right away. So the, the karma comes back. They start thinking again. So you try, try, try. Then you slowly, slowly, you are able to sustain this don't know for a little longer period of time. You know, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. You know, and it's, if you can keep it, then you can use it. So first, first of course, you know, we, we try to explain a little bit what don't know is. So then you understand don't know. Then you start some technique to practice and then you start experiencing this don't know but you cannot sustain it but if you try 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 then slowly slowly you start being able to keep it first on the cushion right in this uh, some kind of uh, training situation 
But later, you know, after you stand up from the cushion, you will find yourself actually you are getting better and better and keeping this don't know mind in everyday life. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually heard it that way. You alluded to this sort of anxiety that people are in right now, which is, you know, for people who are listening to this in the future, this was an interview recorded and uh, released during the coronavirus pandemic. So a lot of people are, we're all in quarantine right now. Right. <laughs> and so I think a lot of, for, you know, it's obviously a bad situation for the people who are very sick, people, the f- people who've died, uh, and, you know, the families of people who've died. Tragic. And then you also hear all of these stories of people who are really just struggling inside. But it, it, it gave me this moment of, Wondering if it also can be this opportunity for people to see where their karma is taking them. You know, the intensity is turned way up. People are in their homes, they're with their thinking. Um, and in another one of your, oh, and actually in an essay that you wrote really at the beginning, right at the beginning of this pandemic, um, you talked about the power of habit. And there was this line that said, with karma, we only have a choice. Either karma is controlling us or we are controlling our karma. Right. We practice to be in charge of our lives and help others. I control my karma. My karma does not control me. And I'm wondering if there is something that can be said about where people are at with this pandemic how their karma is appearing okay well first of all we have to understand what karma is right Mm. well you know the one description of karma i like is call it the the power of habit so or like the master sung san was said energy of habit so as I said before, our our brains or our uh, being uh, trying to make as many things automatic as possible, right? So, so for example, you know you don't have to think and learn how to brush your teeth every day because it's already a habit automatic so people have so habit is not a bad thing you know we say there's a good karma or positive karma and negative karma right so if you repeat some action over and over at a time it becomes memory strong memory in your consciousness so then if the similar situations appear you 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 will go automatically into into the action you were doing for many times before so karma has like three parts it's a is a primary cause and it's a trigger there's a condition has to appear and then you get a result so you might have lots of karma you are not most people have karma they are not aware of they don't even know it's how it works. It's mostly working on a subconscious level. 
So you're just repeating the same things and you don't even know why you're doing it. So, but this karma is latent in your consciousness and, and, until there will be a condition. So right now, this uh, coronavirus, it's, it's a new condition in our life. So depending which part of the world you are and where this pandemic, you know, stage is, you know, it's kind of affecting, it's, trig, uh, it's to creating a condition. And if the primary cause and condition comes together, then your karma manifests itself. So for everybody, everybody has a different karma because when you, you're thinking and I'm thinking, we are having two different uh, mindsets. That's, that's different karma. So, yeah, so for the different people, this karma is different right now. The same condition can create this different uh, karma in the, in the family members. For somebody is like, say, let's say you are a practicing person, so you will see, oh, bad situation is good situation. Now I quarantine, so I, I have a chance to organize my life better. You know, many people actually right now trying to, you know, uh, improve their sleep patterns, okay, or exercise, at, even at home. And many people really, if you look on social media, are cooking more, right? They they don't go to the restaurant, so they're forced to cook, and they suddenly discover, oh, I have a very good cooking karma. But for many people, actually, the, the, this situation will trigger a completely different reaction different karma will appear. So actually the consumption of alcohol in the United States during coronavirus went way up. So many people who are struggling with, with uh, addictions, actually they, they have a problem because they have too much time on their hand. They cannot distract themselves from, from the habit. So, yeah, so I don't know uh, how this affecting, you know, each particular person, but from as a practicing person, you know, we can use this opportunity to really try to understand ourselves and also revisit this question, what do I want? Because no matter, okay, from Buddhist point of view, everything is impermanent, okay, so appears stay for some time and disappears. So this, this uh, pandemic will definitely come to the end. But everybody is kind of aware that we will not go back to the life we have before the pandemic started. You know, how much we will go back to our old habits, uh, we don't know, maybe 10%, maybe 20%, maybe 70%. But the life after pandemic for each one of us will be different. So... That's uncertainty. Like people are losing jobs. Uh, they don't know if they can keep their business. Uh, we don't know this, you know, the second wave will come in the, in the fall again. So there's lots of uncertainty. So if you're practicing Zen right now, especially in our school, we, we teach this don't know. Actually, you can embrace this concept of don't know and get familiar with it. Don't panic and actually start using it to become very clear and actually our priorities in our life when the some 
difficult situation happens actually become more clear. And before, you know, if there is lots of things, you have lots of distractions. Now, unless you will be binge watching Netflix all day long, you know, actually you can reduce your distraction tremendously and become more clear. So actually you can prepare yourself for the things in the future that will change. So we don't know the future, right? It is not possible to predict 100%. But then we say, if you make right now clear and you create the habit of staying clear, returning to this don't know clear mind, you know, as your new habit, okay, this habit will definitely help you to face changes which are inevitably coming our way big time. So I would say if you are a practicing person and you you are locked down, then I would say try to find uh, reschedule your day and find time to to sit more or practice more. And if you are if you are having I would say some very strong emotional reaction right now. So, uh, and meditation is too difficult. Then I would say right now the best thing to do actually is to do lots of bowing practice. To do lots of prostrations and and if you keeping great question is your main practice. Keep keep great question. But if you have mantra practice, then just do more mantra every day. And actually, bowing and mantra practice can very quickly, you know, take away your emotional karma and actually give you an access to don't know faster than, in some cases, meditation. You have to be a really good meditator and to get the same result in the short period of time. But, but bowing, you know, if you bow, actually everybody can access that quicker. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sit, Breathe, Bow. I hope you found the conversation with Andrzej Stetz, Gita Popesanim, encouraging and helpful for your practice. You can find out more by visiting the Quantum Soul Zen Group at zensoul, that's S-E-O-U-L, dot org. I will also put a link in the show notes. A special thanks to our sponsor, the Quantum Online Sangha, Listeners of Sit, Breathe, Bow are able to try a month of the Zen Study Group for only $7 when using the promo code SBB. The Zen the Study Group offers a close reading of the sutras and scriptures most important to the Zen tradition. To find out more, visit quantumzenonline.org slash studygroup. And don't forget to use the promo code SBB when you check out. And please consider subscribing and leaving a review of this podcast. It helps introduce us to new listeners. I'm your host, Ian Whitemar, and I hope you'll join me again next week.